0: Last week, I Amy, mean, you were
2: a bit tired, weren't you? Yeah, you bawled me out after the podcast. To coin a Donald Trump phrase, uh, you called me very low energy. As I described last week, I'm the the sort of physical dimensions of the old Prince of Wales. If you just Google right. fat Prince of Wales, you'll just see all these satirical illustrations <laughs> of a prince who looks like a ball. And that's that's how I look. In a bid to lose some weight, that day I decided to do a workout called Insanity.
0: What was it? Half an hour before we recorded our podcast.
2: Yeah, it's just before the, the recording. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's a it's a hit workout. Hi intensity interval training so yeah i did uh i did a load of that and then i couldn't really muster myself uh for the podcast
0: no it was it was a waste of
2: time it's the first podcast you were actually funnier than me
0: i was trying really hard just to get the most out of you but it was it was like blood from a stone
2: it's a little bit like that time Michael Jordan had food poisoning and the rest of his teammates were, were desperate for him to perform because they knew they couldn't carry that game yeah. by themselves. It's very similar yeah, but, to that.
0: but Michael Jordan did end up winning the game for them, didn't he?
2: I suppose that's where the similarity ends, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be more like if Michael Jordan had died.
2: I mean, and if, you, if you've if you watched The Last Dance, you know, there's a very an, another famous occasion where his, like, number two guy, Scotty Pippin, just decides to give up halfway through a game because he's going to be bothered. And, and I mean, you've been displaying that kind of attitude from the very beginning, haven't you? I
0: like to think of myself more as a uh, Dennis Rodman type in that I will leave the podcast halfway through, go to Vegas for 72 hours and then return. It's, I tell you what, the last time I went to Vegas, yeah, I went to see Siegfried and Roy. I rode on one of their White Tigers.
2: Uh, who else did I go and see? Oh, uh, Barry Manilow. So all of the kind of the, how shall I phrase this? Showtime. Yes, yeah all of the showtime personalities is is what you want to see and
0: when I get to Vegas that's what I say Mm -hmm. I arrive at Vegas take me to showtime Mm -hmm. I say
2: and then when you get back to your hotel room you very discreetly say to the concierge can you please send a showtime companion to my hotel room (laughs) uh no comment
1: when a sensitive account. You know, those cigarettes will kill you. Who embezzled $15 million from the mob. Maybe, but you won't be around to find out. Goes on the run. Freeze! One tough ex-cop. How about you shut your mouth? Has 72 hours to bring him back to L.A. You bring him back to me. But all he wants. I can't fly on a plane. Is for someone to try his chicken parmesan. Here, have some of my chicken palm, it'll calm your nerves. Now, Robert De Niro. You want some of this chicken palm? Charles Grodin. That's actually not bad. The FBI. I'm gonna bring him into federal court. Do I make myself understood? How about you take off those sunglasses, have some of this chicken palm? And the Las Vegas mob.
0: Hey, we'll give you one million dollars to hand him over to us.
1: I got a better idea. Keep the money, have some of this chicken palm. I'll have. I don't feel so good. Neither do I. Oh, really? I don't want to say your chicken palm gave me food poisoning, but... Then don't. Really? What'd I say? Don't eat the chicken palm. Don't eat the chicken palm. Bad case. You don't let me in that bathroom. I'm going to shoot you through the door. You hear me? You hear me? Pull over the bus. Of the Midnight Runs. Oh. Oh. Oh.
0: Oh. Hey, Eamon. Knock, knock. Who's there? interrupting watching
2: films on the toilet theme tune
0: Oh, that was good. That was a
2: good joke, wasn't it? That's brilliant. Yeah. Have you heard that joke before? No, first time.
1: Oh, surprised!
2: Just going around the playground. I have to say, my daughter was singing that song the other day. Yeah. She's probably heard the joke. I think now I've been on furlough so long that if anyone were to ask her, "What does your dad do?" she'd probably tell them something to do with toilets.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which was true before anyway. So now she actually knows.
2: Yeah, this is like my arc. I started off working a Camel's Head Sewage Plant. And I end up here. So less of a character arc, more of a career arc. Did I say character arc? No, I'm just saying. Okay. Because you made it sound like you were correcting me for something I'd said wrong. I just
0: thought people might have assumed, you know, because we talk about those kind of things in relation Mm. to films, that they might think you were talking about a character arc. But actually, it wasn't. It was just like different jobs. Mm. It wasn't really an arc at all, was it? It was just different jobs.
2: No. And and in the same spirit, Ben, it's probably not a good idea to say anything racist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, oh, yes. I apologise. I can play this game all day, David Duke, former head of the Ku Klux Klan. It's a, <laughs> it's a great mm-hmm. defence. It really works.
0: Remember, in in the playground, when your friends used to tell you jokes, they'd always mm-hmm. say that they made them up, and they never they hadn't. If a joke was ever funny, they hadn't made it up.
2: Do you remember that joke you told me about? Uh, you said there was. There was a black guy, a Muslim, and a Jewish guy walked into a bar. Do you remember that joke? Uh, no, no, don't remember that. And you, you took credit. You said that you'd made that one up,
1: hadn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Mm. Oh, we're off, to,
2: we're off to a great start today. Off to aren't an we? absolute flyer. Oh brilliant this is brilliant. this is what happens when you don't do an insanity workout minutes before the recording of a podcast oh right oh you just ruin everything that you've created that's right my wife cooked a lovely meal tonight and i just walked in full of vigour and tried to do that <laughs> thing where you pull the tablecloth off a table and leave the stuff on top i messed it up oh, yeah. completely so you just pulled the food off the table yeah I threw threw stew all over my children Oh, really? And then I was just like, oh, well, it was worth a try. <laughs> that's right. And you say, oh, imagine what it would have looked like if I pulled it off. And then just walk <laughs> out. And then I went I, I, I went to high five my wife. She totally yeah. left me hanging <laughs> for ages. And then, then I just kind of walked off.
0: That's rude. That so why rude. why you do that? Yeah. You, try, you tried. I know. I think that's
2: the important thing. Try to entertain the whole family.
0: Yeah. You walk in and you don't try and pull the tablecloth and keep the candlestick standing. Yeah. I mean... Oh, sorry, that's just my house, isn't it? We have candelabras and, you know, finest china on on the table. So, I mean, I wouldn't chance the tablecloth because if I messed up, it would probably set me back about three grand.
2: What's the name of your butler again? Jason's been with us for years. Jason. um, And he's... (laughs) There's never been a butler called Jason ever. You make him sleep in his uh, suit, don't you, in, in case you want anything in the night. Well, actually, in, in
0: the night, I make him stand outside the bedroom door because if I want his attention, mm-hmm. I have to click my fingers. Yeah. There's no way he's going to hear that if he's in the basement. <coughs>
2: you should get one. Well, I wish I could. Fortunately, we can barely afford clothes for ourselves at the moment, Ben. It's just me that's
0: doing really well, isn't it? Oh, it's weird how I've profited so much out of this terrible situation.
2: They have said the rich have got richer during this pandemic.
0: It'll be all those shares in toilet paper that I bought Mm. about four years ago. They finally paid off. There was a bit of a slump in 2018, but now it's essentially Bitcoin.
2: (laughs) Toilet paper's the new Bitcoin. Yeah,
0: no, the shares. The shares.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah, that makes more sense. That's why you can never make money out of stocks and shares. (laughs) Mate,
0: I've stocked up on toilet paper.
2: Can't wait for the money to come rolling in. (laughs)
0: Okay, good. Lovely. So, this week, we will be discussing the 1998 action comedy, Midnight Run, starring Robbie De Niro and uh, Charles Grodin. First of all, we have some correspondence from last week, from our End of Days podcast. It's uh, actually somebody, somebody quite famous, left a voicemail on my wireless phone. And uh, I'll play it to you now. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. I think might blow your socks off your feet. Let me just sort out my phone and I will play. Okay.
3: Hello, watching Films on the Toilet. Thank you for your honest examination of my movie End of Days from 1999. You spoke about how action and supernatural horror do not go together. Well, let me ask you this. Do you really think discussions about movies and stupid jokes about toilets should go together. Maybe you should think about that really hard. Perhaps you should choose one or the other. You could call your podcast Watching Films or On the Toilet. One of these could be a serious discussion for grown-ups about the movies they like. And the other could be for idiots who like talking about their bowel movements and comparing the size of their stools. Just some friendly food for thought. I'm sure Your podcast will improve a lot as you do more, and you might get some reviews and subscribers. It took me six years to become Mr. Universe for the first time, so anything is possible if you put your mind to it. But you must also accept your limitations and be realistic about what you can achieve. Take care. This is from Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Terminator.
2: Wowee. we. It's weird that he said his name at the very end, isn't it? Rather than introducing himself first. <laughs> that was strange, wasn't it? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, that feedback. I think he made some valid points. What do you think? He he did hit on on a very uh, sensitive point for me, which is wrestled for a long time about just calling this watching films. Well, we've actually we did wrestle over it, didn't we? We had an actual wrestle. We had conflicting ideas. I I wanted to make a podcast about films only. Yeah. And you wanted to make a podcast about toilets only. And so we had a fight, Mm. ended in a draw. Yeah. So then the only way to kind of make it work was to do uh, watching films on the toilet. Was it a draw or? Well, I mean, I went to hospital with uh, a small graze and you broke your back.
0: Yeah. And I went and I went out for a. Uh, meal.
2: You went out for a big curry later, didn't you?
0: I did. I went to the local curry house with a broken back and uh, had a very nice time.
2: The evening did end rather soon when you started coughing up blood.
0: Yeah, but what I'd done is I'd put a, a plate sized naan down the back of my shirt <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so that it would cushion uh, my broken back. So I paid for it as well.
2: The naan bread? Yeah,
0: the naan bread. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: I hope you wouldn't just pinch a naan bread off someone's <laughs> plate and pop it down your back. It's pretty rude. <laughs> I've done that before, but this time I didn't.
0: Have you ever, ever stuffed a warm naan bread down your shirt?
2: No. I bet it feels quite comfortable.
0: It's a hot water bottle that you can eat.
2: You know in End of Days when Gabriel Burns' body first gets possessed and he yes. walks back into the restaurant and grabs his friend's wife's boob? Yes. Do you think it would have been more impactful if he'd grabbed a giant naan bread and po- popped it down his back?
0: Yeah. yeah. If he he grabbed a naan bread, put it down his shirt, yeah. they both looked appalled
2: <laughs> and then he stepped out and blew up the restaurant. <laughs> We're already making that film better.
1: What the hell is that guy doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Definitely
2: would have been better.
0: Anyway, but thanks for that, Arnold. Love your work. Love love you, mate.
2: Now it's time for everyone's fourth favourite part of the show.
0: The beginning's the best bit, the theme tune.
2: So the song is the best bit, then the end. So
0: the song at the beginning. Yeah. The tune the music that's like the song at the end
2: Well, just the ending of the show just us not talking just, anymore they're just happy that's, it's they're over happy that's over
0: they can stop pressing that forward 30 seconds button on their podcast app because that oh, ties you out of your finger doesn't it
2: yeah that, that's the one complaint just, everyone has about this podcast yeah. it hurts your finger the third favorite bit is really any any moment neither of us are speaking like just any pause where one of yeah. us is like taking breath or yes. thinking about something they like that bit yeah and then yeah. after that, it's toilet news. Okay. Mum doesn't realise she's pregnant and gives birth on the toilet. A Yorkshire mum who had no idea that she was pregnant suddenly gave birth after she got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Samantha Valance had been in bed with her husband Richard at their house in Doncaster in the early hours mm-hmm. of Monday, She felt a sudden pain in her side. She got up to go to the toilet, but then had to shout her husband as she realised she was suddenly giving birth. The 32-year-old ended up giving birth in the bathroom as there was no time for an ambulance crew to get there in time. (laughs) Oh, God, this is good. Richard said there were no signs that Samantha was pregnant. She'd been a bit bloated, but they just put it down to IBS.
0: (laughs) What? Now, look. I don't have a lady's body. We have both watched our wives get pregnant and have babies. I'm not entirely sure how you could not know for nine months that you weren't
2: pregnant. I just want to pick you up on something there, Ben. You said we've both watched our wives get pregnant, which makes it sound (laughs) like we're not the dads. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) (laughs) We've
0: both watched our wives uh pregnant bodies develop
2: yes that's better yes yes yeah this is not some uh, niche podcast for cuckolds <laughs> no. no so i mean what did what the hell did they think it was when they could feel like the legs and stuff moving ibs apparently oh your ibs is bad today that's supposed to be welsh i think no oh no they're from uh, doncaster yeah <laughs> your your ibs is bad today <laughs> Wow! Well, so, you know, you
0: said about not offending anybody. Yeah. I think you ruined it.
2: For the donks. Have
0: <laughs> so I, I offended the donks? Yeah. Your ABS is bud to dear. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. <laughs> No, that wasn't yours. That was mine. I've offended some people as well. I'm doing well. Should we try some more Northern accents or move
1: yeah. on? Yeah. Well like Birmingham. <laughs> Paul McCartney had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Paul McCartney. Right? Yeah.
0: Hang on, is he from Liverpool? They're not from Birmingham. This is terrible. Why have we gone down this road?
1: And then I had to get <laughs> yeah. my wife off the toilet, and she just had a baby. I couldn't Paul... believe it.
2: <laughs> Paul McCartney, famously from Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, <clears throat> Katie Price reveals toilet Hang trips on. with boy- more news. Sorry, yes, we've got another toilet news story. Katie Price reveals toilet trips with boyfriend led to the latest marriage proposal. Relationship mm. blossomed when she broke feet and Carl had to carry her to the toilet during holiday in Turkey. Oh. So Tur- Turkey Price has claimed <laughs> she bonded with her latest boyfriend. Turkey Price. Yeah, Turkey. <laughs> Oh, was that your fine. mistake? That's my mistake. You caught, so I,
0: Katie Price, now known as Turkey Price. Turkey
2: Price. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me start again.
0: No, I like it.
2: Turkey Price was <laughs> claimed she wanted <laughs> with her latest boyfriend during trips to the toilet after she broke her feet on a holiday to Turkey. Ow. So the former glamour model speaking about her blossoming relationship with Carl Wood said he had changed her and she was trying for another baby. Well, a couple long to the toilet, it's the best place to have him. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, she told Channel 4 show, Steph's packed lunch. Carl and I got to know each other very, very quickly because at the beginning of our relationship, when I broke my feet, he had to carry me everywhere. And there were a few accidents on the way to the toilet. Oh. Now, I don't know what kind of accidents she's talking about there. Because oh. they are on the way to the toilet.
0: Yeah. It's very weird. I mean, it sounds a lot like the um, kind of relationship that me and Jason have. Oh, yeah. Except I don't have broken feet, but he still carries me upstairs to the bathroom if I need to go.
2: Do you have any accidents on the way?
0: Uh, only if I
2: tell him to stop and wait. <laughs> you like to challenge yourself, don't you? Yeah. Slow really down, Jason. It. Slow down. Slow up. Now, now quick, 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 go, quick, go. quick, 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 quick. <laughs> oh, too late. Do you think she still misses... Um, pete andre
0: i don't know do you
2: no no and i I hate peter andre
0: i mean that's essentially the worst thing you can say isn't it about
2: someone so you might need to explain that he did a a voiceover for iceland oh yeah yeah. a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and he says something like and we've got a delicious prime british burgers for prime british dads okay what the hell does the phrase (laughs) prime british dads mean I'd,
0: oh, I have no idea.
2: I mean, dad's in their
0: prime, I guess.
2: But who, who's ever said prime British dads?
0: This is why you hate him. Yes.
2: <laughs> so maybe you're being a little hard on Peter Andre. No, he, he sat there in that voiceover booth <laughs> and he was thinking about all that money he was making. Yeah. So at no point did he look through the script, draw a circle around prime British dads and say, <laughs> all right, guys, I'm not sure this line makes sense. Mm. what's a prime british dad he didn't he just took the money and got the hell out of there did you
0: record that is that an audio recording from the from the booth
2: that's i mean it's eerily similar to what Pete, peter andre sounds like yeah it was spooky very very good at accents yeah you are very good
0: i actually quite like that i think maybe we should change the name of this podcast to um prime british dads on the toilet it's pretty it's pretty good pretty strong what does it
2: mean it just it doesn't mean
0: anything maybe we should run that by schwarzenegger see what he thinks brown british deads and toilet <laughs> pretty good i'm um, sorry that was that was my impression of him that wasn't actually
2: him oh okay yeah let's make that clear <laughs> if only there was some way of showing an eye roll in an audible way
0: just i just wanted to i just wanted to make it
2: clear just so everyone knew <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> And that, dear friend, is the end of the toilet news. Good. Who's the dear friend? It's shout-out to Peter Andre. Oh, right,
0: OK. Did you mean
2: to say dear friends? No, mortal enemy. <laughs> that mortal enemy <laughs> is the end of the toilet news. Anyway,
0: midnight run. Um, how many sittings? Ah, <laughs> oh, This was a mere two sittings. Is it now? What about you? It was three sittings and... It wasn't based on any kind of toilet business. It was just the fact that I wanted to watch the rest of the film.
2: Okay, so time for the big wee summary. So this week, I drank 50 millilitres of Fernet Branca. And because that was so gross, I also drank yeah. a big glass of water.
0: Oh, good. Okay.
2: In the middle of Dark Night Rises, Michael Caine's going on about... He has his fantasy where he's he goes to this restaurant yeah. and hopes to see Batman all happy that's right and he mentions for some reason drinking fernet branca so i became obsessed with it i won't stand
0: by and watch you in a restaurant with a cat woman <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway uh, it's a horrible horrible drink that i would recommend mm. to, to no one unless fernet branco wants to sponsor this podcast in which case hey. mwah, delicious oh. Love it. Drink it all the time. So, Ben, you have a minute and seven seconds this week. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I'm okay. On your marks, get set, go. So, De Niro plays a Los Angeles-based
0: bounty hunter who has five days to track down an infamous accountant played by Charles Grodin who embezzled $15 million from the Las Vegas mob and gave it to charity. De Niro's told it'll be a piece of cake and for the first 20 minutes of the film, it seems like it might be. But it turns out a lot of other shady characters want a piece of the Charles Grodin pie. The mob, who have slipped hair and speak like they're in the mob. The FBI guys, who wear sunglasses. And Marvin, played by John Ashton, who's basically De Niro, but without the brains, looks, or heart. On their wild journey from New York to LA via planes, trains, and automobiles, the odd couple get to know each other better. And De Niro begins to question whether handing this mild-mannered accountant over to the mob for a shanking is really worth $100,000. There's a lot of double crossing and backstabbing. Nobody can be trusted. And everything escalates to the point where every law enforcement agent and no good gangster in America is after these fellas. Eventually, there's a tense airport showdown in which De Niro manages to bring down the mob boss that drove him out of Chicago and does the right thing, letting Charles Grodin disappear into the night. And because of that, he's rewarded with the $300,000 that Grodin had been wearing in a money belt for the entire trip.
2: That's a result. Well, OK, so that was a minute 14 So, very close. So, Ben, where do you want to start?
0: Oh, man. What a treat. After the tripe that we've watched recently. (laughs) Where do we start? Well, so Robert De Niro, after The Untouchables, he wanted to do some comedy. He wanted to be in Big. Um, He wanted to play the Tom Hanks role in Big, which I think would have been quite odd. But I think this is a very happy middle ground, I think, between comedy and drama. And he is brilliant. They needed someone like De Niro to really nail this part. Jack Walsh is a very conflicted character. He has this hard exterior, but a, a soft inside. He has a heart. He's also, he's in a lot of pain. He lost everything. And De Niro just manages to pull that out of him. He's incredible. He is absolutely incredible. He's hilarious. You know, the scenes where he goes back to Chicago and he sees his daughter and they're really heart-wrenching. And you can just see him working these things over in his head. And where shall I go? And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Should I? Shouldn't I? I don't know. He's Absolutely brilliant. What did you think, Eamon?
2: Yeah, totally agree. It's weird. It almost feels sometimes that people saw Meet the Fockers and they went, oh, Rob De Niro can do comedy. He's really funny. Yeah. But but this came out like way before. The comedy roles he's done since the 2000s have have all been very over-the-top kind of caricature-based comedies, whereas this one, it's very naturalistic. At no point can you see the artifice of the acting. Like every reaction is genuine, unbelievably sharp script. Every character who appears says or does something funny. Like yes. the guy, yes. Boucher, who's, who's the first guy that he picks up and turns in, whilst the credits are rolling, the, the policeman says, this guy give you any trouble? <laughs> and then Robert De Niro says, do you give me any trouble? And this guy just goes, f*** you, man. And he just says it in such a funny way. That's all he has. He has <laughs> three words and he absolutely nails it. And it always makes me laugh.
0: And the whole film, there's not an ounce of fat on yeah. it. It's over two hours long but it flies by. And I was thinking about like the Judd Apatow comedies and the Paul Feige comedies. They're so bloated. They're like two and a half hours long. They're funny. Like I enjoy them. But you could cut 40 minutes out of most of those films. Whereas this, there's nothing. Nothing is wasted. Not a single Mm -hmm. line. Oh, man, that opening scene. It just opens with that shot of the grimy hotel room and De Niro just steps into the frame. Like, there's no exterior establishing shot. He's just there. And then it's like, oh, okay, he's very quiet. Mm. He's picking the lock, ducks down, bang! And then the Danny Elfman soundtrack kicks in, which is really, just really
2: sets the tone, which is great. Oh, unbelievable soundtrack.
0: And from then on, you know, there's kind of this slapstick, like he's ducking out of the way of the shotgun Mm. blasts, And then Marvin comes along and then you understand... the entire film. There are no rules, trust nobody, everyone is out for themselves and it's just going to be this back and forth exchange and Jack is going to keep overcoming obstacles but he's going to set up a new obstacle as a result. Yeah. It's so smart. And then... He drops off the guy and it's morning. And I really like that. It's like he's been up all night long doing this. This is the life. This is the grimy life that he's found himself in. As we later find out, it's not really where he wants to be. And it's not him. But yeah, fantastic. It is brilliant. And you've got Joe Pantoliano. Who looks about 10
2: years older in this film than he did in The Sopranos.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. But he's just got this like desperation to him. Incredible. And you know, when he invites him for breakfast, he doesn't want to have breakfast with him. Yeah. You know, he, everyone wants something from everybody else. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Charles Grodin because, oh. you know, the fact that De Niro has been paired with him.
3: Ay, 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 ay. It's so, it's so
2: good. Well, and the interesting thing about Charles Grodin is the only other things I've seen him in are I think he's in Catch 22. Yeah. I think he's in Rosemary's Baby. He's in Beethoven. He's, oh, yeah, of course he's in Beethoven. Yeah. And then he has a amazing cameo in So I Married an Axe Murderer. The, the police officer, who's Mike Myers' friend, he's worked out who the killer is. He's desperately trying to catch up with Mike Myers. Yeah. And he flags down a car and says, I want to take charge of your car. Yeah. And it's Charles Grodin. And he just looks at the guy and then looks forward and just goes, no. <laughs> and so he's just, he's just incredibly deadpan. And like he almost steals the film That's... from this like five-minute performance. He's a
0: really interesting...
2: Guy. Well, I went down a rabbit hole during the last lockdown because he, he was really famous in the States for going on Letterman That's right, yeah. and like Carson and, and stuff. Yeah. Where he'd basically just turn up and be like really rude <laughs> to the host and just try and start fights with them Yeah, for, for no other reason than it was just very, very funny. I feel like he was way ahead of his time. Yeah. I think what, what is really refreshing to watch is someone being quietly funny. Yes. I used to really love Will Ferrell. I thought I Command is brilliant, yeah. But I struggle watching his films now because he just shouts and screams the whole way through, and and it is that kind of Judd Apatow thing of I'm going to improvise until something funny comes up, no yeah. matter how long it takes. Can
0: you imagine two people sitting there trying to improvise until they said something funny? Can you imagine that? God, can you? I mean, that wouldn't go well, would it?
2: It'd be an absolute nightmare to edit. Oh,
0: it would be hell to edit, wouldn't it? To put things mm. together and try and compile something funny out of. I know, I have two people talking, say maybe about films or toilets or something.
2: Especially if the rich one had no talent.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take that as a veiled compliment. <laughs> Indeed it was.
2: <laughs> one thing, I, I watched this film at Nauseam with my little brother, Yeah. my cool little brother, when we were much younger and we'd recorded it off the BBC on a VHS. He was like De
0: Niro and you were like Marvin.
2: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it that's exactly right we watched that film every day for months yeah. and months so i found it very surprising when i listened to it back because i was familiar with the bbc's dubbed version all oh, right and i can i've written down some examples of some of the things at the end when after exchange watches robert de niro says you son of a bitch that was changed to you son of a gun my <laughs> absolute favorite is when marvin the duke and Jack sheltering from the helicopter under a bridge. The yeah. Duke falls in the river and Rob De Niro goes, there goes a hundred grand. And Martin finds out he's been offered way less for it. And he calls Eddie, uh, he says, that son of a bitch. But in the dub version, he calls him that stinking buns.
1: <laughs> stinking buns?
2: So what I've done, Ben, is I've organised a little quiz for you. I found some memorable bad film language. And you need to guess what the <laughs> dubbed version ended up being. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get it. So I'm going to start you off uh, nice and easy. This is from uh, Robocop. Oh, of course. Okay. Right. Here we go.
1: I used to call the old man funny names. Iron Butt. Boner. Once I even called him a-hole.
0: Okay. So I think it's Iron Butt something but i know the end is once i even called him airhead
2: correct yeah yeah what's the second one then i'll, I'll, I'll play it out okay iron
1: butt bonehead once i even called him airhead <laughs> so I, hang
0: on iron butt bonehead, bonehead once I even called
2: him airhead
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant it.
2: so this is snakes on a plane okay
1: I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane.
2: Okay, so what do you think?
1: Oh, I don't
0: I don't know what you would have said. Um irritating snakes on this irritating
2: plane. Okay, let's have a little listen. Let's see what he says. I
3: have had it with these monkey
1: fighting snakes on this Monday to
2: Friday plane. <laughs> wow. Monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> That's so inventive. Okay, here's your next one. So this is part of the lineup scene from The Usual Suspects.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Hand me the keys, you f***ing
0: sucker. Any any ideas? Oh, man. Hand me the Monday to Friday keys,
2: <laughs> you crack smoker. Okay, it's not quite. It's pretty inventive, this one. Hand me the keys, you fairy godmother.
0: You fairy godmother. That's
2: bizarre. <laughs> Hand me the keys, you fairy godmother. What <laughs> the f***? They all do. I've seen a longer version of that where they eat, say Fairy Godmother. It's ridiculous. Here's a couple, a couple more. This is one of my favourites. This is okay. from Scarface. Okay. This is right. Tony when he first gets to uh, to America. He's talking to his buddy. This sounds like a great big princess waiting to get so. <laughs>
0: um, this sounds like a great big princess waiting to get married.
2: Not, not too bad. Here we go. This town's like a great big chicken just waiting to be plucked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this town's like a great big chicken
2: just waiting to get plucked.
0: I mean, there's so many ways you could come at this. It's, it's impossible to, to guess where they're going to go. That, that's good, though. That's good. And he's right. But, it is.
2: This one I've never heard before. I feel like this might actually be an American one, so, so you're, you you may not get this one. This is from Die Hard 2. Okay. This is at the very end where he throws his cigarette lighter onto the fuel leaking right. out of the plane.
1: Okay.
2: okay. So. ki mother f***er. yippee Does he say, yippee mother father? He says something absolutely incredible. Yippee-ki-yay, mister Falconer. Yippee-ki-yay, mister Mr. Balk- Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay, mister Falcon. Is that the name of the bad guy? No, and it's quite clearly not Bruce Willis's voice.
0: Yeah, no. I That's bizarre. Mr. Falcon.
2: So this is my one of my favourites. This is the final one. Okay. This is John Goodman trashing someone's car in the, the Big Lebowski. Oh,
0: right, okay, okay, yeah. See what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you f a stranger a stranger
2: in the so, you see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you F a stranger in the A? Uh,
0: do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the. Oh, where would they be? You're very close. Okay, you see what happens when you find a stranger in the house? Oh, you're very close.
2: Here we... yeah? yeah, yeah,
1: here we go. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you find
2: a stranger in the Alps? See what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? <laughs> <What>?
0: <laughs> that's so weird f- like that has nothing to do with that scene
2: i, f- <laughs> I feel like that's the Cohen brothers taking the mickey
1: you see what happens when you find a stranger <laughs> in the alps
2: yeah so oh wow funny. that was awesome that was so good so ben you know me mm. i love a good goon.
1: Goon, goon what time is it it's goon
2: time Love good goons and the two mobsters who are tasked oh, with tracking him are just freaking brilliant.
0: One of my favourite parts is when one of them's chatting on a public phone and the other guy's just yeah. punching him, <laughs> <laughs> just, just yeah. hitting him.
2: There's another. There's another bit where um, Tony's on the phone to uh, Jimmy. And Jimmy's tearing him a new one. And he hangs up the phone and gives it back to Joey. Joey says, he's not cross at me, is he? (laughs) Like, this is what I was talking about earlier. They take the time to give every character funny stuff to say. And what's amazing with those guys is they never cross the line into being cartoonish, dumbass goons. They always have menace. And also, Jimmy Serrano. Such a menacing bad guy. So good.
0: Another thing that this film establishes very quickly is that if you get punched in the face one time, it knocks you out. (laughs) Yes. Which is, um, well, that's true. That's real life, isn't it? A a well-placed punch uh, by particularly
2: Robert De Niro.
1: Mm. Hey,
0: Marvin, look over there. Bang. That's right. And just knocks him out. It's great.
2: Are you able to punch like that, Eamon? Uh, I have very weak punches. I tend to do that thing where I lift my fist up at 90 degrees. So uh, what I'm really punching with is the bottom of my palm and the top of my wrist like a little kitten having a play fight
0: i like to charge my punches like uh, donnie yen does so i twist my arm like you would a torch charge up my punch and it i tell you what the power that comes out of it you should try
2: it it's ridiculous (laughs) you could you could put someone through a wall i have to say i'm a real chicken when it comes to throwing punches
1: oh right yeah you're just
0: weak you're just a weak man We had some brilliant ideas for how to improve End of Days. It's been discussed over the years that this film should be remade. And I Mm -hmm. think everyone listening could agree that if anyone was to get that right, it would be us. Not some monkey-fighting exec in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, those fairy godmothers. Yeah, those airheads. In this film... To Martin Brest's credit, he very quickly realised the amazing chemistry that Robert De Niro and Gr- Charles Grodin had. But if, if anything proves how feckless and stupid the studio execs are, that there's a, a huge roll call of people they wanted instead of either of those two, and it's mind-blowing how bad it is. It's huge. John Voigt, Mickey Rourke, Dustin Hoffman for the Jack character, Cher, Robin Williams, Chevy Chase... The yeah, the Oh, come on. So,
0: with that in mind, if we were tasked with the heresy mm. of a remake,
2: who would you cast now? It's really difficult because for Jack Walsh character, you need someone who can be world-weary and sarcastic. Gotta have a bit of an edge. Have a bit of an edge. No comedy and is also a fantastic actor. So, I put John Turturro... Down for that.
0: It's interesting. What do you think? So I had a couple of names: Mm -hmm. Russell Crowe.
2: He's brilliant in the Nice Guys. Not a dissimilar character. Yeah, yeah. So I think he could pull it off. I was thinking maybe Jeremy Renner. That's an interesting choice, Ben. I mean, it's one hundred percent wrong, but but interesting.
0: Yeah, you don't have to agree with it. It's I wasn't asking for your monkey fighting permission.
2: That is a very difficult casting job. I think the most difficult though is casting the Duke. Last to be likable and annoying in a very low key way. Very, very difficult brief. That um, who did you who did yeah. you have? I had some ideas. Mark Ruffalo. No, he doesn't have that needling conf- confidence though. With my wife, I know the things that wind her up. So, for example, we watched Hamilton the other day, and I mm. don't like musicals, and she hates when I describe why I hate musicals. She just goes, why yeah. can't you just say you don't like them and move on? But then I'll yeah. start forming these really pretentious arguments as to why musicals are rubbish. I can see that's winding her up, but it kind of makes her <laughs> smile as well. And that's exa- I'm not comparing myself to Charles Grodin, but it's that kind of thing. It's like needling, but also kind of funny.
0: Okay. Well, that was choice yeah. one.
2: How about mm-hmm. this one? Donald Glover. Ah, yeah. Now you're talking.
0: Ridiculously charming.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great shout. i tell you who I put down. I had Rain Wilson. But I think Donald Glover is the best. Yeah, I think Glover would work. Who do you think for Marvin? I thought Danny McBride.
0: I think Danny McBride could do that in his sleep. A completely different angle for Marvin. Mm. Jason Momoa. He would sort of be the, the perfect bounty hunter, I suppose, but actually be really stupid and rubbish at it. So
2: visually, he'd, he'd look the part, but he'd actually fail. Really, what, what you've done there is the that's what exactly what they did in the 2016 Ghostbusters with uh, Chris Hemsworth, beautiful idiot. Yeah. Because that was hilarious, wasn't it, that film? He was good. He was the only good thing in it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So when when our remake <laughs> inevitably falls flat in its face... Yeah
2: at least my choice of momoa is going to sell it who would you go with for a villain i actually thought someone like mel gibson would be a good baddie because he has the kind of the physical presence and has that kind of let me put it this way i'm sure he can play bad guys incredibly well yeah
0: i think quite easily Yeah, quite
2: easily yeah wouldn't have to spend a lot of time practicing yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm. why are you winking at me
0: because i've got something in my eye (laughs) i was thinking jk simmons Ah, uh, yeah, okay. He'd be fun. I mean, he's just fun, isn't he? And he can definitely lose his temper. And he can do intimidating. I mean, he's terrifying in Whiplash.
1: Absolutely terrifying.
2: Yeah, he's amazing in that. He says uh, he says all sorts of words in that, like... Uh, Stinking buns. And... Um, Bone head. He does. Doesn't he says lots of bad. He does. Yeah, he calls someone a Mr. Falcon. Um, so do we want to narrow it down to the actual, who we definitely have?
0: All right. Okay. Who would we have then? Let's let's narrow it down. Okay. So Jack Walsh. John Totoro. I said Russell Crowe. He's too fat. <laughs> right, I'm going to go with yours for this because I know mine were good for others. So Charles Grodin, Donald
2: Glover. Yeah, Donald Glover for sure. Um, Marvin. Danny McBride, 100%. Fair. And uh, Jimmy Serrano, J.K. Simmons. Oh, okay, I'm good. actually pretty happy with that cast. I think that's good. So am I. Uh, Hollywood,
1: hello. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's get this
0: done. You know, <laughs> I don't need the money, but... <laughs> Ooh, okay, but even does. <laughs>
2: Where's this thing about me being rich? <laughs> <laughs> You said it once, you going on about how massive your house was. I mean, I've got a
0: butler, so... You've got a butler now called Jason. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a butler to pay for. I, th- I need this. <laughs> I need this deal. All right. Well, look, I don't think we need to think very carefully about whether we're going to fish this out or flush it. I think we know. So, Eamon.
2: Mm. We have a convoluted format point. We have a big lobster tank. Yes. Which we're putting the best films in. So we take fishing them out of the toilet. Yeah putting them into the lobster tank to keep them extra fresh yeah
0: it's a, a disgusting lobster tank full of the great films we've recovered from the bowl i mean yeah i wouldn't even let this i wouldn't even let this hit hit the water
2: Would you just do it straight <laughs> into the uh, lobster tank yes,
0: would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this would go straight into the lobster tank for sure i think we have both fished out a few other films but mm-hmm. I think we need to we need to start the tank today. So this is our first film that goes in the tank. How many films can we put in the tank?
2: Five. Five yeah. films. So
0: only five films yeah. can fit in the tank before before everyone in the restaurant starts to get too disgusted and leaves. Starts kicking up a stink. It's the tank that will be kicking up the stink.
2: Well, those films are stinking up the joint, yeah. they'll say. So, There's too many. Take one of them out. It's a great format point. We spent loads of time on it once we get cap- reach capacity one has to be taken out in order to put a new one in yes so he ha- has to, that has to be unanimously decided. it does it does so there we go there's the first our first proud film swimming around there inside the the lobster tank. oh look at so. him look at him go so top five
0: this week we are going to guess each other's top five
2: road
0: movies movies that take yeah. place on the road we have three guesses each whoever gets the most correct during their three guest time wins and gets to pick the next week's movie eamon i am a gentleman and i will let you go first
2: this is a double if you don't have this then i don't think we can be friends anymore planes trains and automobiles i don't (laughs) how can you not okay the way i've done this if these were in a
0: room for me to pick up and watch which ones would I watch? And it was really
2: hard. Trains, Planes and Automobiles is the first on anyone's list.
0: I love it, but I've picked other films.
2: This is an absolute <laughs> nonsense. Go f*** yourself, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> you giant d- <laughs> <laughs> So this would be a duplicate. Jewel. Yep. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. I guess one for you. Easy Rider.
0: No. This would be a duplicate
2: as well. Vanishing Point. No. Okay, right. I'm going to say for you, Borat. No. Oh, that actually means you're the winner, doesn't it? I won. Yay. Tell me, I didn't get a single one of yours then. So let's hear what, what you've got. Little Miss Sunshine. Brilliant. Definitely better than Trains, Planes, Automobiles. Definitely.
0: Moving on. Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. Jewel. True Romance, which is super fun. Great scenes. Great characters. <sighs> Love it. A vanishing point.
2: True romance is not a road trip. Yeah, it is. He steals all the drugs and then they go off on a road trip. He steals the drugs and then they drive to that one place. That's like there's one drive. Ah, oh, come on. Right, listeners, is true romance a road film? And, and whoever guesses that gets the right answer gets, gets to, to punch Ben right <laughs> in the face. <laughs> hey, Eamon, look over there. Yeah, Eamon's just been knocked out.
0: So um, I can just gloat and he can't say anything. I'm really happy that I won again. That's great. So I get to pick this week's film. Oh, he's coming round again. He's coming round. Hopefully he's forgotten everything that just happened because he was really cross.
2: Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, the beginning of the quiz. Let me make my first guess. <laughs> Trains, planes and automobiles.
0: Hey, Eamon, look over there. Oh, God, he hasn't forgotten. Hopefully this will knock his mind back to the very start of the podcast and I can just wrap this whole thing up. Okay. Hey, he's coming round again.
2: Oh, right, okay. Jerk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, next film, uh, which I get to choose.
2: No, I'm going to say mine first. My my options. Trains, planes and automobiles. Jewel. Nebraska. Dumb and Dumber. And uh, The Straight Story. Okay, so Ben, what are we watching next time then?
0: So, my choice this week is a film that I think you will enjoy, Eamon. I want you to watch. And it's called The Night Comes For Us. It is a Indonesian action film. Okay. Uh, it was made in 2018 and it stars two guys from The Raid, Eco and Joe Taslim.
2: Okay. And it's crazy. Okay, sounds good. Uh, oh, Ben, what's that over there? I don't know. What is it? Oh, he's completely knocked out. Yes, that's right. Single punches knock you out. So Ben is... Uh, well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to do all the wrapping up. You can catch us on the uh, social medias on... At Films on Toilet is our handle. I suppose you could call it that's our toilet handle and uh, oh I think that little joke tickled Ben awake there (sighs) are you right, mate?
0: yeah oh that was
2: weird Mm, um, did I win the um, top five? no you conceded that uh, you left the best film road movie ever ever made oh no and Uh, then when I pointed it out you passed out out of embarrassment
0: did I? oh god oh that's annoying. So next
2: week, we're watching Trains, Planes and Automobiles.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that film.
2: It's great. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so you can, our toilet handle yeah. is at Films on Toilet. Yeah, great. Or uh, our Facebook is Watching Films on the...
0: That's right. Watching Films on there. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the our friends over the pond... Uh, Russ and Haley, who host the I'm Scum and Idols cast podcast, which is very fun. And they share their love of the band Idols and other bands, much like them, and uh, lots of other fun chat. So it's great. You should listen to it. All right. Mr. Falcon. Eamon, say goodbye to the people.
2: Keep flushing. Bye-bye. Bye.